0: Before we get into this week's podcast, I wanted to share a unique opportunity for any developers in our audience. The International Consortium of Journalists, in partnership with the 2022 Neo4j Connected Data Fellowship, is searching for a dedicated developer to help utilize graph databases to strengthen reporting. ICIJ used Neo4j to crack the Panama Papers in 2016, the Paradise Papers in 2017, and the Pandora Papers in 2021. The developer who is chosen for this fellowship will join ICIJ's team for 10 months to help make sense of complex data and uncover stories inside networks. The deadline for applying is this Saturday, June 11th. You'll find more information about this fellowship at icij.org. And now, enjoy the podcast.
1: Along with being, you know, a real unaffiliated with the school paper, we also have to keep in mind and balance the schedules of high school students, which is definitely a twist that has been interesting.
0: When people think of student journalism, they often envision the high school newspaper or these days the school TV channel or website. But a small town in New York State has a student owned newspaper that covers the town council meetings and the community at large. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. The Pelham Examiner is an independent newspaper in the town of Pelham, New York. What makes it unusual is that it's a student run and student owned paper with a staff of up to 42 journalists ranging in age from 10 to 18. The paper's current executive editor, Oliver Tam, who started working for the Examiner in August 2019, is currently a senior at Pelham Memorial High School. And Georgia Russelo is also a senior at Pelham Memorial and the Examiner's Managing Editor. Christina Stefanizi is the Examiner's Deputy Managing Editor. Oliver, Georgia, and Christina, welcome to It's All Journalism. Hi. Thanks for having nice us. Thanks for having
1: us.
2: We're excited to be
0: here. Uh, okay. Well, I got, I got lots of questions because, you know, I was a high school journalist and what you guys have got going on there sounds really interesting. But first, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourselves? Let's start with you, Oliver. What got you interested in working for the Examiner?
1: I am an actor as well as a journalist, so I've done theater for a little while, and I really enjoy movies. So what I wanted to do, and back in August of twenty nineteen, was I wanted to review movies. I, I wanted to be like an entertainment editor, and I just sort of got roped into this whole like like this world of journalism that was so beyond the scope of just you know reviewing films and songs and et cetera, whatever you would review. So I sort of got hooked into that, this whole world. And now I'm, you know, running the paper, having a lot of fun with it.
0: Georgia, tell me a little bit about yourself. How'd you end up at the Examiner?
2: Yeah, so hi, I'm Georgia. I actually wrote for my elementary school paper in fourth and fifth grade and really enjoyed it and had a good time. Our advisor, Mr. Zaratnik, who we might get into his role later, had founded that paper and was also the, like worked on the elementary school paper. And so I knew him from that. And that was sort of my introduction to journalism. And then I took a little bit of a hiatus in middle school and the beginning of high school, not sort of knowing how I wanted to get into it. Our high school does have a paper, but the way it's structured is you have to sort of like be part of a class. And so just the way my schedule worked, I didn't get into that ninth and 10th grade. And so I sort of thought, oh, maybe it's too late. I've missed my window. But I think it was over quarantine. I, like a lot of us were reading a lot of news and so was looking at the examiner and was sort of longing to write again. And I had such a good experience when I was in elementary school. So I reached out and the rest is history. (laughs)
0: The rest is history. How about you, Christina? How'd you end up at the uh, examiner?
3: I dabbled in the elementary school paper for a year, but I didn't really find my love for journalism until freshman year. I joined the high school's yearbook staff, and I was actually pulled into the examiner by one of the former executive editors of the paper, who was also the editor in chief of the yearbook my freshman year. So I really enjoyed writing stories about events going on in students' lives and covering things like that, as well as like taking photos, which is also a part of news now. So I think that just really introduced me to the world of journalism. And the examiner just gave me an outlet to do that all year round. And also in a greater scope, which is like also contributing to.
0: It's interesting. Something that Christina and Georgie both mentioned is that you did journalism in, in grade school or elementary school, I should say. But then also that there's a paper at the school. So can one of you, you know, one of the three of you, Tell me how the uh, the Pelham Examiner came about and how it became a student-run organization.
1: Essentially, there was a—I believe it was the Pelham Weekly, if I'm not mistaken—that was the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that paper, there was a a guy there. I believe his name was Jack Howard, and it was actually he was his sister was probably the executive editor that wrote you into the Examiner, right, Christina? Yes. Yeah. So Jack, he was working for the Pelham Weekly, and he sort of joined the Pell-Mell afterwards because he stopped working for the Pelham Weekly. He was just interning over the summer, and I believe what happened was Jack just wasn't. Uh, no, he wanted to. I think he wanted to write more, and so we got a group of people within the high school who found Z, who had been running the elementary school. Z, Rich Zeradnik, Mr. Zeradnik. Uh, we call him Z. They found Z through the elementary school papers, uh, and they approached him. And they, they proposed this idea of starting a paper that was unaffiliated with and would serve the town as a whole, but also be run by high school students. And so it kind of was formed then. And over the past, like four, three, four years, we've been refining the model of how to run the paper along with being, you know, a real unaffiliated with the school paper. We also have to keep in mind and balance the schedules of high school students, which is definitely a twist that has been interesting to uh, sort of juggle with.
0: Okay. So with being unaffiliated with the schools, you know, has that given you some freedom to write about things that you maybe that couldn't be written about in uh, the school paper?
2: Oliver, I can jump into this a little bit. I would say yes, because we, uh, our school paper isn't as breaking news oriented, I would say. And so when sort of any of that happens related to the school, we're able to cover that. And obviously, from a not related to the school perspective, and we've also done a lot of work covering the school board, which also the school paper doesn't do. So it's definitely given us the chance to take on those kinds of stories, which the school paper doesn't do. So,
0: so what form is is your is your paper? You were referring to it as a paper. Does it actually? Is there a, a print element to it, or is it is it all virtual? Or pardon me, all digital?
3: Well, funny you mentioned that. We actually released a print edition in July and again in October. We were hoping to keep it to bi-monthly, but print is a whole other process requiring like proofing, editing, layout, and it was a lot for high schoolers. But we're hoping to bring it back eventually, but for right now, we're online.
2: And the paper started online, so
3: yeah.
0: Okay, so when you say break, you're able to break news, you're able to post you know, within hours of a meeting or something, if you want to.
3: Yeah, I think what differentiates us from the high school paper is that we could cover sensitive topics or like pressing issues in the town, like racism, or like problems with the school board, or like government officials or anything of that sort that might be sort of taboo, I guess, for a school paper that wants to put the town in a, a positive light.
0: Yeah. You know, what you're describing is not something that's unusual that people tend to forget that most high school newspapers or school-run newspapers, you know, have traditionally run into these problems when they try to cover something that may, you know, put the school or, or you know, an administrator or a, or a school system in a bad light. You know, they're, they're able to be shut down pretty pretty easily. There are organizations that that are assisting them, Maybe by the end of this interview, I'll remember the the one that, that I was thinking of. But even so, I think it's really kind of heartening to see a bunch of young journalists, you know, seeing that this is something that they, A, like doing and B, that they're, you know, this is something that could, you know, have an effect on on the community that they live in. Are there any big stories that you've covered where, you know, maybe that you can point to where this has sort of been the case?
1: I think the big one that comes to mind for me right now Recently, was there was sort of this uh, this Snapchat threat that happened during the school. You know, obviously the high school newspaper is not like a a very, you know, they come out with a print edition, but it, it covers like the big events of the school. But there's no way that the the school newspaper could just get something like such of a hot topic and so controversial immediately out and we were on it when we heard about it we had reporters you know looking at classrooms seeing how many people were out who had gone and for context what had happened was there was a a threat to the school on Snapchat and it wasn't sure whether the threat was you know real or imminent but people thought that it was going to be a certain day so a lot of people were out that day. The examiner was able to gather you know, what was happening from Snapchat and also from the emails that the school was sending out to the parents, like trying to reassure them. And so that's sort of, in my opinion, almost the the prime example of how the examiner can really, you know, be used in that way, as opposed to like a, a high school newspaper that maybe can't act as fast.
0: Do you feel that officials, school officials, or even, you know, local government officials, do you think that they they respect you? They, you know, they take your questions seriously when you interview them?
2: I will say in my experience, for the most part, yes. I think, like, we email with the schools, Oliver, what is Alex's official title?
1: Alex Wolf. he's like the district coordinator, I believe. Okay.
2: Yeah, so we have a pretty good email relationship with Alex in terms of like getting information with school stuff. I haven't really had that many issues in terms of people in town, not like taking it seriously with interviews and that type of stuff. But I don't know if Christina or Oliver have other experiences.
0: I'm really fascinated with maybe the the nuts and bolts of this. Like, how does this work? I said at the beginning, you have up to 42 students who are working on it. You don't have a class where you centrally meet how do you communicate? How do you come up with story ideas? Are people pitching you? How does this all happen, I guess?
3: We recruit people that want to join the paper. Sometimes it's by what work we see through, whether it's a school newspaper, your book, or just their writing, or if they express an interest to joining the paper, either Oliver, Georgia, or myself meet with them and we sign them up, make them an account on WordPress, which is the website we use to publish all the articles. And we also have a Slack which is a messaging app that we can communicate with all the reporters and Mr. Zaradnik can communicate with us with. And in there, the editors have a channel where we talk about possible breaking news or story ideas. And every week we try and think up more story pitches. And sometimes we get some in our examiner email from community members and we put them out for the reporters to pick and choose, and then they can tell their editor which story they'd like to take.
0: That's really uh, a smart no fuss no muss system that you've got going in there. Oliver, do you set a sort of editorial mission or do actually do any of you set a sort of editorial mission we're going to be focusing on this, you know, we want to be focusing on these types of stories in the coming weeks or is it just sort of as things develop you sort of dole out assignments?
1: It certainly depends. The thing that's sort of nice about covering a small community is that there are certain events within the community that are sort of milestones within the year, both for, you know, the larger town and also the school, because the school is obviously a big center of the community. So there are certainly things that get assigned. Just, we hear about a new business that's popped up. We can do a profile on a very interesting person. Those pop up sporadically and we dole them out to reporters that are interested. But in terms of editorial, like assignments or like long-term assignments, usually those happen when there are a lot of big events in a row or there are certain things that we need to cover like graduation or a new board like a town board election so those sort of things we're planning pretty uh, far in advance to make sure that we get those right but for the most part we're pretty loose as to how we cover or what we cover um we're pretty open to a lot of things there's not like a a set like agenda of things that we need to hit off really
0: Is there like a local weekly paper or, uh, you know, does Pelham have its own daily?
3: Yeah, there's um, the Pelham Post, which is a part of Shoreline Publishers. So they also publish, I think, Scarsdale, Bronxville, a couple other towns in Westchester, which is kind of like our main competition, I guess you could say. But a lot of the stories they publish, I won't say all of them because there are some that are written by reporters that work for the paper, but a lot of them are submitted kind of like press releases that we do. So they just run press releases from whoever submits them. So that's definitely like the only other like competition as in like paper specific to our town that publishes.
0: I like this. I like the idea that you guys are filling a niche that there's a gap between, you know, the high school coverage and the local news coverage, you know, and what people you know see on TV, et cetera that you're kind of able to take on how involved is Mr. Z in the daily running of the of the paper
1: it depends so Mr. Z is he is an extremely instrumental part of the paper but he helps to rewrite a lot of the press releases that we just can't get to sometimes because we're just so swamped with work but the main thing that I've gotten from Mr. Z is that he's a he's a bit of a mentor for a lot of us i mean i've learned you know a ridiculous amount of stuff for journalism from him because he's you know he's been in the business for so many years. So while he does help with the day-to-day running of the paper the most valuable thing he's brought to the examiner and and Pelham and the students is just his passing on of that knowledge to the next generation of journalists. So that is definitely I feel like the most important thing.
2: I'm going to jump off Oliver a little bit. I think that's sort of what we say a lot is the examiner is a really big learning experience for all of us like obviously because it's all students none of us have like a background in journalism and so i've learned so much from the time i've sent on the paper and so that's a big part of it it's just learning from him and learning how to run the paper
0: so this is for any of you or all of you, if you how you want to answer it but has working at the examiner and covering events and you know assembling stories has it changed your perception of news, the news that you get, you know, on TV and the newspaper, you know, every day?
3: I mean, whenever I hear something new pop up, whether it's in a conversation or on TV, or I'm reading it from another source of news reporting or journalism, I always think like, oh, this is this something the examiner should be covering or is, oh, this is something the examiner could branch off of and do a story on itself. So it, it definitely, the examiner has led me to think about everyday life and situations that pop up in my daily life to a broader extent of like oh like is someone not getting this information that should be getting this information and how can the examiner bring that to them so I think it's definitely like given me a more like in-depth perspective if that makes any sense into what's going on
0: for sure yeah that's neat. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know how neat that is. You know, as I said, before we turn on the mics, I was a high school journalist. You know, I worked in community journalism. What you guys are doing is really, in a lot of ways, unique, but then it's not. The way you describe it is it's very a very smart way to cover a community when, you know, the majority of your staff have classes and homework to do. So tell me, you know, the pandemic, and I don't know who it was who mentioned the pandemic. Did that impact the newspaper at all? And how did the newspaper end up covering the pandemic?
2: I will have to say I joined the examiner, as I said, into the pandemic. So I sort of was watching from an outside perspective during pandemic coverage. And I know Oliver and Christina maybe was on the staff. I'm not sure I'd like talk but The examiner like did not stop at all when COVID started and- was publishing, I'm pretty sure we were publishing like state data regarding that and we're covering all those stories the whole time. So I sort of saw that from an outside perspective and wanted to be part of it. So that's like when I joined.
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of a a sort of a perspective going in to the pandemic, the special thing about the examiner is we don't have a newsroom, right? So it's all online anyways. So we didn't have to like convert to a a different platform, like a lot, maybe your typical work environment might have to, you might have to go virtual and do meetings on zoom rather than being in person because we were already pretty much virtual because, you know, we were so spread out and we didn't have a a place that we could meet like a designated place. I mean, we, we we meet in a, a cafe nearby. But the main difference with the pandemic is that it was just kick it into overdrive. There was so much going on. I mean, You have to cover everything, you know, the pandemic is making everything close. And there's so many things that are closing and there are so many numbers and data that needed to be put out there. So the way that we work didn't change, but the amount, the output that was happening was extreme. We would normally do about three Monday, Wednesday, Friday would be like designated like story days during the pandemic. We increased that number to all five days we scheduled a story because it was just so much coming in.
0: Another question I, I neglected to ask sooner, but I probably should have asked sooner. How is this all financed? I mean, at the very least, you're going to have to pay for a Slack subscription and you have to pay server costs. You know, how's this financed?
3: We don't really deal with the finance on our part, but I mean, I've asked Z about it. We call him Z, by the way, Mr. Zeragnet or Mr. Z. I've talked to Z about it and I'm pretty sure he finances it on his own. He's just a really... He takes pride in journalism and he just loves working with students and he sees that it's a, a necessity to the town. So he I believe he pays for it himself.
2: And I I think somebody's gonna have to maybe correct me on the technical, but we're in the process of converting
1: a nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so that's gonna change the way that the finances and we'll be able to actually like take donations where before we couldn't. So that's like getting restructured in that way
0: okay yeah i, I kind of a thought that might have been the case that you may have been a, a non-profit but interesting so each of you why don't you tell me what is it you like most about the job let's start with you christina what do you like about it
3: i just enjoy being able to cover different events like i've had my fair share of breaking news vandalism robberies or at least attempted robberies as well racism reports the board of ed both the v- village of Pella Manor and the village of Pella government board of trustees. I've had my fair share of everything. And I just like that the examiner gives you that opportunity to branch out and do different stories. I've done the whole like feel good story about a little girl who raised $4,000 riding her bike with her dad to raise money for feeding Westchester. But then I've also gotten to do some of the more difficult topics like racism in the schools and how students feel on a day-to-day basis. So I really, I think I enjoy that most about the examiner.
0: How about you, Oliver?
1: It's interesting. I think what I enjoy personally most, I love the Examiner. I think it's a huge service to the community. I've talked with a lot of people and its it truly is something that, you know, every parent checks, you know, every day in the morning, which is amazing. But personally for me, I just didn't know how big my town was until I joined the Examiner. There are just so many things going on that you wouldn't, you know, be privy to maybe, you know, as a high school student, but running a paper and, ha- you know, having to know what's going on in your town is just so interesting to me. I would never have known about any art center show that was going on at, at the Pelham Art Center or like a, a library event that was happening. But, you know, now that I'm part of the examiner, these things are like popping up left and right. And I, I know exactly what's going on. And it's fun because my, you know, my friends at the high school, like, you know, are coming to me to ask me, like, what's going on in the town right now? Because I kind of know sort of the things going on. So it's it's pretty fun to know that our town is, you know, bigger than you might think.
0: There's no enjoyment more in journalism than knowing you know more than other reporters. (laughs) (laughs) Trust trust me. That's very relatable. And and Georgia, how about about you? Yeah,
2: I think I'm going to echo probably some of what Christina and Oliver said. But I think for me, I really like being part of a team of people that can like is doing the informing. And also I'm becoming informed myself, like Oliver, there was so much I didn't know that was going on in our town or I didn't really know how the school board worked and like how important that was in terms of impacting both people who go to the school and people who don't. And I really had no idea how our town government worked. And so it was all those things that I learned once I joined the paper and also making sure that everyone in town knew was happening, which is so important. And I really just like working with everyone. I think this is such a unique experience to be working on a paper like this in high school. And so I think all these experiences have like been really impactful for me.
0: Yeah. And we talked a little bit about this before we turned on the mics, but Georgia, you're a senior, you know, what are your plans after this?
2: Yeah. So next year I'll be going to Georgetown. So I'll be in DC and I'm definitely excited about that sort of, feeling of being very close to news happening. And so I hope to get to write for the paper at Georgetown. They have a pretty strong paper there. I definitely looked into that when I was looking at schools and definitely trying to take some journalism classes. So definitely still keeping it a part of my life because it's been such an important piece during high school.
0: Oliver, I know you mentioned, uh, you know, I know that you're going to Northwestern, but you're not going for journalism particularly. I am not. What are your plans?
1: Yes. So I'm going to Northwestern University, so I'm planning on studying acting theater uh, with sort of a concentration in musical theater uh, specifically, but one of the factors that influenced me about going to Northwestern was the Medill School of Journalism that they have, which even though I'm not majoring in journalism, one of the nice things about Northwestern is that it allows you sort of to explore things that you might want to do that you're not, you know, mainly focusing in. So because Medill is such a great school for journalism, I'm planning on taking some classes in there, maybe even getting a minor in something or or a concentration. So yeah, I mean, definitely journalism. I've got the bug. It's something that it's sticking with me, you know, so I got to do something about it in college. So I'm going to try and, you know, get some stuff from there.
0: Christina, you're you're a junior, so you, you've you still got another year, if you want to, uh, working for the Examiner. What, what are you thinking about for your future?
3: Well, I was just recently named executive editor, so I'll be taking Oliver's position next year, starting in June. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm just really excited. It's another year of news, another year of hard work with the Examiner. It's never a dull moment. We're always getting messages on Slack about whatever breaking news story we've got going on. And, yeah, I'm just excited to keep it up.
0: Well, I tell you, I'm really enthusiastic by just talking to the three of you. Even if, you know, is it your only experience in journalism, it's clear that you have learned things about not only reporting the news, but, you know, how government works, how how the school system works, and that the many layers of, of the place that you live in. You know, that's insight that you can't get unless you have this type of experience. I'm so happy that the three of you went through this and that it, it, it's been such a, a positive experience for you, mm-hmm. Oliver, Georgia, and uh, Christina. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
3: Thanks so much. Yeah.
0: You've been listening to it's all journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at it's dot com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the it's all journalism newsletter you get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Amelia Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.